Hey gamers, this is Joe, and what I'm playing now, I have episode 45 of our podcast that was originally recorded on October 13th of 2014. I started off with what I'm leeching now and jumped into some new stories, and one of the big news stories for the week was a huge video game collection on sale on eBay for pretty much the price of a house. Super Smash Bros. sells 2.8 million globally on the 3DS. In Destiny, loot caves are dead, but now we have loot stairs. Drive Club is still having server issues from their launch day woes. Several board games are coming out, one of them is Magic the Gathering, the board game. Really? Some of the games I played for the week, King of Tokyo, Room 25, Shadow of Mordor, and of course, I talk about some of the games I want to play now. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers. This is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. We are live with episode 45 of the podcast. As always, send us some emails. We can be found at whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, we have our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And if you've been following me on Twitch, which I would prefer, I would really like more people to give me some follows, um, you've probably seen me playing quite a bit of Shadow of Mordor on the PS4 on there. I know on Wednesdays I normally do my Wayback Wednesday play pack, but this week, considering I was pretty much knee-deep in Shadow of Mordor, and I pretty much still am, which I will talk about later on in the show, I just couldn't help it, and had to kind of put uh, Diablo 2 on pause for a week or so, because I just wanted to enjoy a little bit more of Shadow of Mordor, like I said, which will come later on in the game. So let's jump into what I have for everybody this week. And we're going to start off with what I'm leeching now. I have a couple of decent deals, only a couple this week. Uh, but EA is giving away Dragon Age Origins. If you haven't found this or noticed this already, uh, you have to download Origin to be able to obtain the software. And this started last week, so I think you only have until tomorrow. Uh, from reading their website, it looks like you have to claim your copy before October 14th. So if you are watching live or if you are watching this maybe tomorrow, you should be able to get it after that. You will be too late to the party and you will miss Dragon Age Origins. They're doing this considering it's about a month or so before the release of the next Dragon Age game that is coming out, Inquisition, which everybody I know is looking forward to. I myself am one of them. So if you have not played Dragon Age Origins, I've played through a majority of this game. I have not played the first, the second game, but I have played Origins, and this is a great game. I've always wanted to go back and finish it and just have never had the chance to do it, but definitely grab this one. Also, if you're an Xbox One or 360 fan and you plan on pre-ordering some games before the end of the year, you can get some Xbox Live credit by pre-ordering from the Microsoft Store. So it sounds like if you pre-order any Xbox One or 360 game between now and the end of the year, and it sounds like you can only do this up to three times, you can get $15 in Xbox Live Rewards. This basically, they're giving you 15,000 reward points, which basically equates out to $15 in Xbox Live credit. Like I said, you can only do this three times uh, for three games, totaling up to $45 in Xbox Live credit. So keep that in mind. But if there are games you're going to be ordering before the end of the year or throughout, you know, now and December, the end of the year, I definitely look into getting it from Microsoft Store because it's basically like buying three games and getting pretty much close to one free almost, which you kind of can't go wrong with. I think this is a pretty damn good deal. Uh, from the GameSpot article I found this on, it also sounds like the Microsoft Store website's offering a $10 credit gift, a gift card 
uh, when you pre-order games. This cannot stack with the Xbox Live Rewards deal, so just be wary of that. I would definitely try to knock out my three games and get my Xbox Live credit first before taking that $10 gift card. But do what you want. And those are the leeches of the week. Let's jump into some news stories. The first news story we have is a massive, massive video game collection hits eBay with an asking price of $164,000. This whole collection consists of 5,700 games, 50 systems, and basically you're paying the price pretty much of a house. And so if you don't mind living in a basement or if you live in an apartment or someplace small or if you already own your house, something to look into. I, I know my wife would let, not let me go anywhere near this eBay auction, even even if I wanted to. But uh, it sounds like there's quite a bit of stuff in this one. Uh, it sounds like they're featuring everything Nintendo's released between 1985 and 2000. There's 50 systems, including every Nintendo 64 color variant. Uh, it sounds crazy. They're actually going, including Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Wii U, 3DS. There are no Xbox One or PS4 games or systems in here. But I'm sure in looking at the list, you can find some things that you may be interested in if you have the money. So go check it out. Uh, the GameSpot article that I actually found this on has a video, which is about 11 and a half minutes long, of the collection, which is just completely fucking insane. Uh, I wish I actually won the lottery so I can actually do things like this and, and get these types of things but um, you know what I just have to enjoy the small collection of games that I have here and trust me it's more than enough considering I can't even get through the damn collections <laughs> my mini collection I have so I don't even need anything this large but it would be kind of cool to have alright our next news story is from Polygon and since we just mentioned Nintendo in the last one this one is Super Smash Brothers for 3DS sells more than 2.8 million globally I know I don't normally talk about a lot of Nintendo games on here, on the podcast. I, I did own a Wii. I don't currently own a Wii U, so I haven't really played any of the Wii U games. Super Smash Brothers, I know, is a very popular game, and it sounds like this is just a good start to Nintendo's, you know, holiday season that they have coming up here. And I'm really interested to see what uh, they actually release besides. Um, besides the Super Smash Brothers here, but it sounds like it's off to a great and spectacular sales start. Jumping over to another Polygon story that I found, PlayStation Now Open Beta is coming to the PlayStation TV as well as the Vita, and that's going to be tomorrow on October 14th. Uh, I'm kind of interested in maybe trying this out on the Vita. I have played... I have... I don't want to say I've played around with PlayStation now because I haven't downloaded anything. I've done basically the speed tests, and it says that my speeds are more than capable of running this thing at a very good rate. Uh, so I know with my download speeds, I shouldn't have any problems streaming this. I guess I just really haven't found the game that I kind of really want to try. And I, I, I will definitely not pay the $4.99 for four hours. I would probably do the 8 the $8 maybe for 30 days or so, which, which seems a little bit easier to stomach than paying 5 bucks for 4 hours, which to me is just completely just insane. So I'm hoping that uh, Sony does realize that some of their prices need to be adjusted, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts, so that's nothing new. But um, this basically, with it coming out on the 
on, on the PlayStation TV as well as the Vita, this is covering all the current consoles that they have out currently, being the PS4, PS3 and the PS4, it's already on, so Sony's covering all their bases with the PlayStation now and trying to get it out to as many people as possible, so I, I guess I would be really more interested in actually seeing some numbers in regards to how many people are using the service and what type of games are actually being rented and and how many hours people are putting into these games. So if somebody does rent something for 30 days, how much are they actually paying the how much are they actually playing, you know, during that 30-day time period? And if they are renting something for 4 hours, are they playing just a 4-hour straight chunk of the game and or you know, just maybe playing an hour or so of it? I'd I'd really be interested in seeing some of the numbers that Sony has on this, but I'm sure None of that stuff will ever get released to us, but it would be kind of nice to know some of that uh, behind-the-scenes working that they have going on there. All right, we're going to stay... I don't want to say we're staying with some PlayStation news because this is Destiny, and Destiny is out pretty much on all consoles. Uh, I played it on the PS4 during the beta. But it sounds like loot caves are dead, per this Polygon article, but long live loot stairs. So it sounds like there is another place where people can go and pretty much just camp and um, pretty much just kill mobs that respawn at a at a really good rate and and try for good good um, some good loot and some higher tier loot uh, from what I've read on all of these articles people say that this isn't the most optimal way to get some of the high higher tier gear in the game but uh, people will always just find try, try to find a way to grind and these loot caves loot stairs and all this other stuff I'd be more apt to just kind of go in and just play the game rather than just standing in one spot for 45 minutes shooting the same thing because I think that would kind of drive me crazy. I don't know if I could do that, but for the people who can do that and for the people who are trying to just geared out, get geared out for the raid, uh, more power to you. I know yesterday while I was playing Shadow of Mordor, um, some of the guys from Giant Bomb were going through the raid and they actually finished it. I think it took them probably about seven hours to finish, which I, I had estimated early on in the day when they put up a little poll in their chat that it was going to take about six, I guessed. Um, I think eight was another option, uh, but it took them about seven. So uh, they did it, more power to them. I thought that was pretty freaking awesome that they hung with it. And it was really cool at the end when they when they had actually finally beat that final boss. I know they were all pretty stoked, and I was I was kind of stoked just sitting there, kind of watching them on my phone while I was playing um, Shadow of Mordor on the big TV. But we are going to stick with some PlayStation news and Drive Club online. The restriction policy is kind of still in place as they still have server woes per this Gamespot article. Drive Club appears to not. Have not be fixed yet. Um, it sounds like they're still having p problems with people being able to play online. They ha they are limiting the amount of people that can play online currently. It sounds like once the servers are full, before anybody else can get on, somebody else needs to drop off. I don't know how this is working because I do not have Drive Club, so I don't know if they're actually showing you a queue or if they're kind of just putting you in a queue. And once somebody drops off, if they're letting you into some of the online components or or how often it's kind of polling the servers to see if you can actually get logged in. I haven't really found an article that really goes into too much detail on that. But one thing I did find on GameSpot that I was reading uh, yesterday, that there possibly may be some sort of compensation for some of the people that were early adopters for this game, since there has been so many problems with it. They, there's still no date or time as to when that 
the PlayStation Plus edition for this will come out for everybody that has PlayStation Plus on the PS4. Uh, people were supposed to be able to play the game or part of the game for free. None of that stuff has even been really talked about. It's all just been kind of pushed under the rug for right now. And it sounds like the developers are just really working on getting the servers pretty much more optimized. They have said that they did do um, testing on the servers and, and load testing and and stuff before the game went live. But it sounds like there there's still a problem in some of their code, and that's basically what some of the problem is. There's just server code and bugs that they're having to try to work through. So hopefully they can get those worked through. It's pretty much been out for a week now. It doesn't seem like a resolution is has been put into place yet. Hopefully Evolution can kind of figure get this all figured out and get moved on. And um, I would like to try Drive Club. Some of the reviews I've seen haven't been the greatest. I don't really think I've seen too, too many good reviews. I still would like to try the game myself, as I'd really like to just play a racing game on the PS4 already. But, who knows? Maybe eventually, even though the, considering this was supposed to be a launch day system almost a year ago now, I'm still not able to play it, which is kind of bumming, but um, hopefully I'll get to play a racing game soon on my PS4. Alright, if you are into Evolve, the Evolve Alpha launches on October 30th, and it's starting with the Xbox One. It sounds like if you would like to sign up for this, GameSpot has a link and an actual code and a referrer code that you can use uh, to get into the Alpha. It's for the Xbox One only. If you look around, you can find one for the PlayStation 4 and PC, which I was able to do and sign up for. Um, I used the one from the PlayStation blog to sign up for the PS4 one because I'd kind of like to just give this a shot on the PS4. This looks like a really interesting type of game that I saw at E3. Um, I'm still on the fence on picking this one up, but I do I would definitely like to try the Alpha just to see how it goes. And... Um, Try to use the code that GameSpot has. If not, just do a Google search, and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you can find a code out there if you're still interested in trying this. It sounds like it's going to be available over the course of, of a weekend during um, Halloween, uh, and it does sound like the Xbox One people do get a 24-hour head start ahead of the PS4 and the PC people. So, like I said, I signed up for the PS4 one if I don't get in. I'll try the game at a later date, but it wouldn't be. I'd like to give that game a shot. All right, we're going to jump back to some Nintendo news in another GameSpot article where Bayonetta 2, they were doing a review roundup, and this Wii U exclusive seems like it's actually pretty damn good. So this would be a couple of hits that the Wii U has had in the past couple of weeks here, being Super Smash Brothers and this Bayonetta 2. GameSpot actually gave this game a 10 out of 10, which GameSpot normally does not give full-blown 10 out of 10s to too many games. I think this is only the ninth game they said that they've given a 10 out of 10 to, which is pretty much just crazy. Uh, but they weren't the only ones to give it a 10 out of 10. Edge, Joystick did. Pretty much the only the only review website that kind of nixed it a little bit was Polygon, and you can read all this stuff on the GameSpot article that I have, or go read the Polygon article if you'd like to kind of see why they dinged it a little bit. But everybody's giving this game pretty much between a 9 and a 10, it looks like, from what I can tell here. And I don't have a Wii U. I don't think this is a game that's going to get me to go out and buy a Wii U. If Nintendo actually has a couple more things coming out, I'd consider it. Maybe if they did a price drop again, maybe during the holiday season. Uh, but... Um, Considering I'm knee-deep in PC games and my PS4 games right now, I really can't just go go grab another console right now, and I just don't have the time for that. But um, if you do have a Wii U, and if you're looking for something that's that's good to play, 
I would definitely give Bayonetta 2 a shot, or at least read some of the reviews to see if it's something you're interested in. All right, we're going to jump over to some board game news, and I got some new couple of stories from Dice Tower News this week. Power Grid Deluxe is coming out. This is a game I had actually talked about on a past podcast that I had played during uh, my Thursday board game night. This actually sounds like a pretty cool um, deluxe edition. Not only are they coming out with kind of like better little meeples and better tokens that you can utilize in the game, but it sounds like the board is going to be a completely redone board that's going to have all of the U.S. and all of Europe on it instead of just U.S. and Germany. So it sounds like it's going to be an extended board. Um, but it just sounds like this is kind of just a deluxe version of the game. It should be out around October 16th. Uh, I wouldn't mind actually this being under my Christmas tree power grid. It was a great game when I played this. I actually have played this game multiple times since then, and every time I played it, I had a great time with it. So if you're actually looking to pick up power grid or looking at it, looking for a good, good kind of like beefy board game that you're looking to get into, I would definitely recommend power grid, and I could probably def- definitely recommend the deluxe version considering what I read here in the article that was from Dice Tower News. All right, another... I don't even know if I want to call this really a board game, but it's from Steve Jackson Games, so I kind of had to talk about this. But it's Garbage Pail Kids Super Snot Shots. Um, This is a dexterity-type game. I'm not really too sure what this game is going to be like, but Steve Jackson Games has gone in conjunction with um, Tops to actually produce this game. It sounds like they're actually going to be producing a couple of Garbage Pail Kid games. There's going to be a Disgusting Dice game, which is going to be similar probably to the Mars Attacks the Dice game. Um, so if it's anything, maybe like a zombie dice or something, that might be kind of fun, but my wife and I already have zombie dice and all the expansions for it. So I'm not really too sure if we need a garbage pail kids one, but if you're looking for just a fun, cool little game, Steve Jackson games always makes great things and who knows, maybe they'll make, um, a garbage pail munchkin kid here, kid here game shortly. So, all right. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about from Dice Tower News they gave a little, well, I don't say they gave, but they found a little teaser that was an advertisement during the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour Cons of Tarkir. During the broadcast, viewers noticed that there was a graphic that read Magic the Gathering Strategy Board Game. It's got a release date of 10 16 14, which is at Essen. But other than that, I have not been able to find any other information about this. But as soon as we do, I will keep everybody posted and maybe even post something into the website. This should be pretty good. All they kind of show is a box, an iPad, and then a little miniature figure. That's pretty much all you can make out. And it just says Magic Gathering Strategy Board Game. So if you do a couple Google searches, I'm sure you'll pretty much see the picture that it has been going around that everybody's kind of very interested in and intrigued in it. And I myself am one to see what they will do as far as a strategy board game goes. I'm not even too sure. How 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 the, how they would do this? If it's going to be something like a miniature game, if it's it's going to be from from the little bit of diagram that's on the box, I want to say it almost looks like it may be some sort of hex based game uh, where you're maybe moving your characters around the around possibly a hex typed board or maybe fighting each other somehow, and then maybe using cards as to figure out your attacks and everything. I'm not really too sure. I'm just taking wild guesses here just from what I can see on the box cover. And if anybody has any ideas as to what this might be before anything is released, you know, drop us an email, what I'm playing now at gmail.com. I'd definitely be interested in reading some of the stuff that other people have to say. 
All right, we're going to jump back to video games for a couple of more stories here, and then we'll jump on to what I'm playing now. And one of the first video game stories that I wanted to hit on right before we ended here was Cliff Blazinski's new arena has been inspired by other hell sh by bullet hell shooters and platformers. So it sounds like Project Blue Streak, which is basically Cliffy B's new company, is actually trying to make, like we talked about on a previous podcast, is going to be another first-person shooter kind of arena combat game. One of the cool things I think, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to mention this particular article was they do want to go the free-to-play model, and it almost sounds like, from what I read in this, in, in this story here, it kind of sounds like they want to do more of the Dota 2 style of store where you're basically buying a lot of cosmetic goods and appearances for your characters and possibly not buying better weapons or maybe paying to win. Uh, if, if they do something like that, I think that would be really cool. And I'm, I'm really interested in playing this game. I, I've liked a lot of um, the games when he was at Epic, and I have a feeling this could be a really fun arena-style game. So, But I thought that... Um, that the free-to-play model that they're going for, and doing mainly cosmetic I, emphasis, uh, you know, on items on that, that could be something that's pretty cool. Now, it doesn't say that they aren't going to be offering weapons or maybe vehicles or other sorts of things for sale within their store, but it sounds like they want to have a bigger focus on 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 the cosmetic items. So, hopefully, the Dota 2 route is what they go. Hopefully, it's successful, and hopefully, it's just a damn good game because that's it's something I'm really stoked about. All right, and our last news story for the week is going to be from Polygon, and it is going to be about Gabriel Knight. It's got its new first new story in over 15 years. It sounds like with the upcoming 20th anniversary um, of the game that they're actually getting a remake of the first game, Sins of the Father. And it sounds from reading the article that the publisher, or the, the, the developers that are doing this, they only have the rights to the first game right now. But they're hoping with Sierra basically kind of being re-envisioned with Activision and coming kind of back online, that uh, they will actually have and want to work with them a little bit more, Sierra will, to get possibly um, maybe a remake of Gabriel Knight 2 and 3, uh, or even possibly a new trilogy, it sounds like. Um, the writer would actually like to do maybe a whole new trilogy for this game. I think I've had a couple of these games back in the day, and I think I dealt around around with them a little bit. I don't remember too much about them because it's probably been a good 15-plus years since I probably screwed around with any of these games. I remember them being pretty good at the time, but I honestly can't remember too much about them, so... I think when this one comes out as a remake, it was it's something I'll definitely be looking into. It might be a good contender, maybe for a Way Back Wednesday. Um, even though it's a 20th anniversary remake, I think that would kind of fit into the Way Back Wednesday if I could play maybe an updated version of the original one. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. All right, and that's it for the news stories I have for the week. So let's jump into what I'm playing now. And I actually had a pretty good week down at the game store. Uh, one of the first games I played down at the game store was Room 25. This was kind of a, a crazy little game. There was four of us playing, and you start off with all of your characters in kind of like a center safe square. And you have all of these squares around you in a grid style 
fashion, kind of imagine the movie The Cube is what everybody instantly thought of when we started playing this game. And on each turn, you have two different actions that you can do. And each each person in the game needs to kind of queue up their actions. Um, and then each person goes around and reveals their first action. And then the next person reveals their action. And after everybody's done with their first actions, then it starts off with the first player and they reveal their second action. So your actions that you can do are stuff like um, view a, a tile that is adjacent to you and you can see what that tile is to see if it is a safe square or if it is a square that can pretty much kill you, um, which is crazy. Uh, so the first time we, the first couple times we played the game, we played the actual, we played with the co-op roles. So all four of us were working together and we worked together to basically split up and went four different directions and try to find room 25 which is basically the exit we have to get everybody to the exit and we only have so many turns to do this and then what you have to do is then move that square off the board so as i was mentioning some of the actions that you can do during the during your turn is you can do um you can view a tile you can move onto a tile you can shift a whole row or column or you can actually push an opponent so you may be wondering, in a co-op room, or in a co-op game, why would you want to push an opponent? Well, when we were playing the co-op roles, that really never got used. But once we went into some of the other variant um, roles of the game, where you basically have one person who is a guard, another person who's a pris who, who are prisoners, and the prisoners are trying to get out, and the guard is trying to basically find the exit and basically stop everybody from leaving uh, before all of the turns run out, and the one game, the one or, I think we played a couple of games that way. The one game I ended up actually being the being the bad guy, you could say. And it was pretty crazy. I was kind of working with everybody at first to try to find all the safe squares. And then once we kind of discovered what the exit tile was, I moved myself. I was actually one of the closest ones there. I moved myself closest Onto, I moved myself onto the exit square and then basically try as everybody was coming towards me I was either pushing them away or I was moving the whole row of, of squares around which makes the whole board shift which is crazy and it's it's a very interesting mechanic and it was it was just really fun we actually then played a a six game um, like a six user game where there were teams of two and or no there were, there were two teams of three and me and one of my um, cohorts that was trying to get to the exit, we had died horribly by just making very poor decisions. But then uh, the last girl we actually had on our team, she actually won the game for us. And it was it was just a crazy game, and it was it was really fun. If you're kind of looking for a good co-op game that's good with a good group, of, that's you know good for a group of people to play with, I would definitely recommend Room 25. Uh, this game came out, I think, in. 2013 and i think there's actually a newer one out that just came out in 2014 that um, has some updated things to it i believe there's um also a couple of uh, there's also an expansion to it or maybe a couple of expansions to it uh, but we were just playing with the original base set of the game and we all of us that played it we must have played this game probably for a good two two and a half hours i would say this took up most of the evening for us and we played like i like i said we played multiple variants of the game and just we enjoyed all the different variants both co-op and playing against each other it was was a really good time then right before i was getting ready to leave um the group that i was playing with actually pulled out king of tokyo 
I had never played King of Tokyo before. I had heard about this on Board Game Geek on their podcast before and read about it on a, on a couple of the different websites. And they were unboxing the game, so I said, what the hell, i got enough time for one more game. This is a faster game, faster style game, so I figured I wanted to at least get one game of this in to, to be able to talk about it, especially with King of New York coming out, um, which I think is supposed to be out, I think, at the end of October. I think it's supposed to be out in a couple of weeks here. Um... But King of Tokyo was a blast. It's basically a dice game that has a push-your-luck component to it where you're all playing as kind of like just different monsters that would kind of like invade Tokyo. And the cool thing is we were playing with all the different expansions. So we were playing not only the base set of King of Tokyo's, but we were playing the power-up expansion, which adds in a panda, um, a panda kai that you can play as as well as um, several other cards that you can use, um, which was really cool. And then we were also playing with the Halloween edition, which basically adds in, um, which is which they're kind of like subtitling Collector Pack 1 here on Board Game Geek. Um, and it uses the evolution cards that were actually introduced during the power-up, as well as a couple of more um, people you can play as Pumpkin Jack and Boogie Woogie. It also comes with the the Halloween set. Also comes with um, orange and black dice to kind of fit the mood for Halloween, um, which I think we were actually using the orange and black dice, which was actually kind of cool. I didn't even realize that until I had, was reading through this stuff when I had gotten home, because I kind of just sat down. They explained the game to me, but the game is like I said, kind of just a push your luck component. You're rolling the dice to try to get pot three of kind of like three of a kind of something so there are hearts that will heal you and you don't need three three of a kind to get hearts if you actually get three hearts you can draw one of the evolution cards but there's numbers on the dice like a one two or three and if you get three ones you then get points you know a point if you got three twos you get two points three threes you get three points any additional three any additional number you roll besides the three like a one like if you rolled three ones then if you rolled a number one you would just get another point so if you roll three ones if you rolled four ones, you basically get two points, and it works for that, that that for all the all the numbers as well. You can also attack your opponents, and the thing is, your the object of the game is to basically get um, up to twenty uh, as far as um, points goes, and you get points from basically invading Tokyo and staying in Tokyo, and from some of the different cards that you can actually purchase with some of the different energy that you can get with during the game. So on the dice you have numbers, hearts, energy, and claws. The claws are your attacks, the energy lets you get little energy tokens that you can purchase cards with. Um, and it's it's just a really fun, simple game. I texted my wife pretty much immediately after I played a couple of rounds of this, and I go, I told her, I go, we may have to pick up the new the new game. I, I want to see the King of New York because uh, I really haven't been paying too much attention to it, but I want to try to find some YouTube videos on it because I'm sure there's some people out there that have probably already played it. It's probably already been reviewed, and I want to see what the, maybe the difference is between King of New York and King of Tokyo because I have a feeling that my wife will really enjoy this game considering she really likes the dice games and the push push your luck components to the games uh, I could see why this game has won pretty much so many awards and is pretty much talked about in a, in um in, in pretty good regards on, on a different podcast and on different websites that I've read uh, mainly because it's it's just a damn good game and it was just fun playing with the group that I had we had four of us playing and we just had we just had a really good time playing this one as well so that was it for the board game night Besides that, I sunk a shitload of my time this week playing Shadow of Mordor. I can't say enough about 
how good Shadow of Mordor is, but if if you have an Xbox One or a PS4, you definitely, or even a PC, definitely pick up Shadow of Mordor. If you have a 360 or a PS3, I would, I, I don't want to say don't get Shadow of Mordor, but the thing is, you won't have the, the, the experience you're going to have, from what I talked about last week with the whole Nemesis system, which isn't on the last gen consoles, which just makes this game, just extremely crazy and just extremely fun. It's. I thought the game started off extremely easy, and once you really get into the game and you die a couple of times and make a few mistakes, it really makes you pay for it, and the game's difficulty can ramp up very quickly. I am in the second half of, of the game, I think, right now. I had unlocked over the weekend the second land pass, and I'm working my way through that. I pretty much spent a lot of my time doing a lot of the side quests over the weekend, and I think when I quit last night playing, I was pretty much about 60% of the way complete through the whole game. Uh, and that's not just the storyline, that's pretty much completely 100% everything, which I can't even remember the last time I've come close to um, playing completely 60% of a game, and I'm I want to go downstairs and play it some more right now, and I just I just can't get enough of it. The the more you level up, you unlock a lot more really unique and different type of attacks and different styles that you can do things, and your weapons you can just get better. You, I don't want to say you're getting better weapons because pretty much you're using the same weapons throughout the whole game, but the runes that you can put on your weapons just get better and better, and just everything that you can do as a character just rounds itself out and just is a whole hell of a lot of fun. And the amount of damage and the amount of orcs that you can kill at any one time once you get into some of the higher tiered skills is just freaking amazing and just needs to be played. I can see why this game has gotten so many high regards and this game will definitely be at the top of my list at the end of the year. The other game we played for the week, my wife and I played a little bit of Fibbage the other day. Actually, we played this a couple of times during the week. We still have yet to unlock all of the questions in the game, which is kind of bummed me out because I was kind of hoping to get that um, that achievement and that trophy on the PS4. But hopefully we will soon. Uh, but we're still having a blast with that game. That game just... I'm hoping they come out with a couple expansions to it because I will definitely pay uh, quite a bit for the expansions for that one. Um... But that's about it that I played for the week. So what do I want to play now? I'm kind of getting excited for Sid Meier Civilization Beyond Earth. That game's coming out close to the end of the month. I'm also really looking forward to possibly starting up some organized play for Pathfinder the Adventure card game. I've been reading about that and talking to uh, the owner of my friendly local game store to see if he would like somebody to come in and maybe run some organized play sessions. I'm thinking about maybe doing this on Saturdays. Uh, Saturday afternoon early starting this, maybe every other Saturday. And it sounds like you have to play with the latest game that came out, which is the pirate-based one. Uh, but I've been reading through some of the rules that they have and some of the things that they've set out for the organized play, and it sounds like they have a pretty good system set up. And it, it sounds kind of similar to what they just used for Pathfinder Society. I think they kind of just converted and just changed some of the stuff over so it kind of fit more with the card game. So... This is kind of something I really want to get into maybe playing, and I think just maybe starting it off every other week to try to get maybe get some more people locally interested in the game would be kind of cool, so hopefully I can get something like that underways. And then, of course, Nidhogg is coming out on the PS4, I believe, tomorrow, which I will be purchasing immediately. I've seen a lot of different people play this since it has been out on Steam. 
on the PC, and I can't wait for this to come out on the PS4, um, as well as the pinball tables. I think there's two pinball tables coming out for Zen Pinball that are going to be South Park related. So I'm kind of looking forward to those. But Nidhogg is probably one of the bigger things that's coming out this week that I'm extremely stoked about, and I can't wait to play because I know my wife and I are probably going to have a lot of fun playing that against each other because she is extremely competitive, and that game is going to be a blast playing her in. So that's about it for this episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, don't forget to find us on iTunes. Give us some ratings. Let us know how we're doing. Send us some emails, what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. You can also find us on Google Plus, plus.google.com slash the plus sign, what I'm playing now podcast. As well as follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Have a great week and go play some games. And don't forget, always let us know what you're playing now. We'll see you later.